Hey, it's Thomas Frank. I've just got a quick note for you before we get into the show. If you've been enjoying the Inforium or my videos over on YouTube, then you, my friend, should get Nebula. On Nebula, you get ad-free versions of both this podcast and my videos, along with exclusive stuff like extended versions of those videos. And it's not just our stuff that you're going to get. Dozens of other creators are on Nebula, including Ali Abdal, Wendover Productions, Braincraft, Tier Zoo, and lots more. Nebula gives us a chance to experiment, and since everything's ad-free, it's also the best way for you to get our content. Head over to theinforium.com slash nebula to sign up now. Hey, what is going on, everybody? And welcome to the College Info Geek Podcast, the internet's best resource for getting ahead as a student, but a terrible resource for learning how to transition your gangster rap career into that of a family-friendly actor's career. Do I think I could point someone to the right source if they wanted to do that? That's true. And the right source would tell them, that it makes a lot of money and you never have to go back to your old neighborhood. So it's a great idea. Yeah, it is a great idea. It's everything you were always rapping about. Yeah. Making money. That was the point. Yeah. It may not be like the most amazing filmography that you end up with, but... Oh, but it's a nice mansion. There's a lot of money. Yeah, you get a mansion, you put your mom in a mansion, that's like the rapper's dream. Yeah. It's not like they force you to wear Mickey Mouse ears all day. (laughs) I mean, mean, that'd be great. Is that it, something? I would really like to see Ice Cube wearing the Disney Mickey Mouse. (laughs) Are we there yet? Three. The gang goes to Disneyland. (laughs) (laughs) I'd watch it. Well, that's coming to a theater near near you. I'm sure that some, like, scout for Disney listens to this podcast just for film ideas. Um, And they're like, that's actually a pretty good one. If you make this, I will consider watching it i can't commit to watching. i'm only it. gonna watch it if i get a royalty that's fair it's got to be at least a percent oh that's a good idea yeah i want royalties for this idea i like, would like a five dollar starbucks gift card i don't even go to starbucks that much so this is a very useless give it to thing me. for I me i go to starbucks but, all the time yeah i need that so i can give it to tom <laughs> anyway uh my name is thomas frank i'm here as always <clears> with my good friend martin bamey and a couple episodes ago we talked about note-taking apps we talked about our frustrations. I guess more my frustrations with all the tools out there. Um, I had a naive vision of potentially building my own note-taking app. There's actually a Discord channel in our uh, College and Boogie Discord where people are discussing both that idea, but also just note-taking apps in general. Yeah. And collegeinfogeek.com slash Discord if you want to join our entire Discord. And I would say that's probably the most active community we have now. The subreddit is... It gets some people in there. It does. I would say every thread gets at least a response in the subreddit, which is cool. But the Discord has uh, really active channels for productivity and academics and career entrepreneurship, all kinds of stuff. So that's kind of a cool place to go. And I've made a little channel called Note App. Um, But we recorded that episode as part of a batch. So that was done about maybe like almost a month ago. Oh, yeah. It may not feel like long to you. It's been a while. But it's been a bit. And I think so I was... I was getting excited about the whole like idea of maybe building a note-taking app while we were doing the second episode in that batch. We yeah. kind of hashed it out on the third episode, and then I spent the rest of that day like researching it. And I learned that there is a reason why um, there's a reason why all these apps don't do everything. It's it's one of those things. I don't know, I don't know how the saying goes, but you know, how, like they say, like the, the the more you know about a problem, the less confident you are in your ability to solve it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the the flip side of the Dunning-Kruger effect. Mm -hmm. Or like, you know, customers of apps or services are always just like, it'd be so easy to just add this thing. Like, why don't they do it? Uh, The closer you get to the problem, the more like pieces you realize there are. So, for example, 
one of my problems with like Ulysses and Bear is there are Mac and iOS exclusives. And it's like, dang it, like I wish that those were on Windows and Android and all those kinds of things. Um, so when I was like, as a mental exercise designing my own note-taking app, I thought about the problem. Like I finally realized, wait a minute, like how do you sync data across platforms securely and privately? And how do you like not, how do you like, I don't know, how do you keep the user's data private? How do you like make sure that you can access it? How do you make sure hackers can access it? All these kinds of things. Um, the way that Bear and Ulysses do it, at least Bear, they, they explicitly say it, is they just use Apple's Cloud Kit, which will sync the data for them. Yeah. So they're like putting that off on Apple. And because of that, they can't really use Windows, at least not that I know of. So everyone's like, oh, okay. So if you want to build something that's like across all platforms, you need to build your own syncing engine. Yeah. Because like Dropbox and Google Drive are not fast enough for this. So really the problem is not oh, it's just putting text into an app and syncing it across devices. Like, there's a lot to deal with. It did seem like it might end up being pretty complicated once you get into the, yeah. once you get into the weeds. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm never going to do this project. No, um, it's just not something that can be done. But in it my... could be like a someday thing. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, I need a solution for now. So I am uh, back on Evernote. Well, I don't really think I left Evernote, but I'm... I'm I've taken some time to figure out like how to fix my problems with Evernote. Okay. So what this episode is going to be is at least Tom's recommendations on how to make Evernote into the ultimate note-taking app. Um, and I guess like your recommendation would just be to use paper. My recommendation trying to complicate things is but. to demand less of the world for the world does not hear your demands. <laughs> The universe is indifferent to your desires. So just don't have any, you know? But it turns out most people do have desires, I regardless have of that sentiment. We have some demands, so. okay? Yeah, so I want to talk about some of the changes I've been making to my Evernote setup. And hopefully, uh, people will get something out of this. Now, one thing that I can't fix about Evernote is the price. Because... Two years ago or so, they got rid of their plus plan that was four bucks a month. So it's oh really? Yeah, which I was on it. I actually just upgraded to premium because huh. uh, and I'll, I'll talk about why in the episode. I wanted better digitization features. Um, so yeah, they got rid of that. So now there is the free option, which is still pretty powerful, and then there is premium, and then there's business, which is fifteen dollars per user per month, with I, which I think is absolutely insane. Like Evernote, you realize Notion is. Eight dollars per user per month, and that's I still think that's a lot. Like Slide is like six fifty a month per user. Uh, yeah, per user can add up just, pretty quick when you got a when you got a growing or big business. But I feel like I don't know. They're probably targeting like big businesses who just think nothing of writing a million dollar check for software. I'm over here like, wow, that's. If I were to put my whole team on Evernote, that'd be like hundred and fifty bucks a month. So I'm not doing that, but I am paying the eight bucks a month for the premium. Um, I guess the one thing I could do about the price is to tell people that there is a student discount mm. and I think it's just evernote.com slash students. You can get 50% off for a year. So I guess you could pay four bucks a month for a year. Uh, for me, what this app gives me is worth the price. I know people like to gripe about the price, but it's worth it for me. Maybe my life is just too compl complicated and complex. I don't know. Cause you seem to get along fine without any of this complex crap. <laughs> It works for me. Uh, 
Oh, I guess here's a reason that it works for me and you don't need it. You don't have a Windows computer. So you can just use Apple Notes. Yeah. Yeah. So let me put this up front. If you just have iOS devices and, and Mac devices, like then you don't got to worry. Yeah, well, Bear, I don't have a desktop Apple at all. Notes. Yeah, you, know? you literally have one it's laptop. It's so simple that I plug this into my monitor and now it's a desktop computer. Yep. Which, I mean, I do that too, but it's like, I also have so I don't, I don't play PC. like games on PC. Look, man, this is just the plight of one man who wants to play Overwatch, who wants to play oh, RTS You see, games. all you need to do is let go of your desire to play Overwatch. No, not going to happen. I will bring you <laughs> to the nirvana of slightly more Look, convenient. It's not really... I, I, I could know, give Overwatch. up Overwatch, but I don't like it's that. It's a pretty dumb reason to yeah, give up Overwatch. I don't like <laughs> the idea of like giving up a thing I enjoy doing just because a tool doesn't yeah, it's, fit my Yeah, it's needs. not a good reason. <laughs> <laughs> or you know i could yeah, i could just game on the macbook oh, pro that looks like it would go. take a few seconds never mind yeah it's dead to me i don't want to do that so uh i think i've actually come to the point where like I'm, evernote is starting to become more useful to me and i just made a few changes that took some thought but now that i've got them into place or i'm getting them into place it's becoming a much more usable app for me okay uh, and i've also found some ancillary tools that fix some of the problems that i had so i'm going to be sharing those in this episode too so the problems I wrote down, number one, lack of a proper hierarchical organization for notebooks. You can't do sub notebooks. You can you, do you fix this notebooks. You can do notebook stacks. I redid the way I think about how to organize okay. notes. Okay. Problem number two, getting data into Evernote can sometimes be cumbersome compared to just like opening a really quick thing like drafts or a really quick, even the notes app on iOS is better at like quickly getting something in there number three formatting tools are lacking like there's no markdown support you can't even make headers whatever four yeah. no video embedding not a big deal but i wrote it down as a problem anyway um now i do want to say something i'm thankful for with evernote i have started to realize that uh, the ability to quickly take pictures and put them into a note is really really useful and I never really took advantage of, of this uh, until I moved to a new house. I was just like, I would just take pictures of my iPhone and then just dig through my photo library trying to find, to find things. But for moving, especially moving a very complex, intricately set up studio like we had, I was like, I want to make sure that I know how to set things up afterwards. So I made notes in Evernote and I just used the camera part of the app and took pictures of everything. Like, here, the cords are plugged in here and these these things are plugged into this plug strip and everything's set up this way. Like here's the exact position of the uh, boom microphone, which actually took me a while to figure out once. Uh, here's where all the, the foam pads are, those kind of things. So now I have like an easily searchable note with all those pictures that I can find easily instead of having to dig through my entire iOS library or like go and make a photo folder that's not accessible anywhere except for my phone. Like that's there. Um, so I'm starting to appreciate the different input methods that it gives you. Uh, the voice notes feature is also pretty good. Like I, I had a note for a video I was working on and then I got an idea and I didn't want to like st stand there on my phone typing it out. So I just put a voice note in the in the app. Oh yeah, the ability to have several types yeah. of media is super, that, like, that's, why I, that's why I got Evernote in the first place because mm -hmm. I used it for music. Yeah, yeah, that's actually a really good idea. Like, oh my gosh, you're right. Lyrics, pictures of my fingers on the keys or guitar strings, and recordings several ways through. Yeah. I didn't even think about that for guitar licks. I've just been using the voice notes app and recording a lick, but man, I could just, yeah, I should use Evernote for that. Yeah. So there you go. Um, 
the voice notes is great. So I want to say I appreciate the ability to get any kind of data in there. Like that's nice. You can embed a video, but whatever. You know, you can do pictures, you can do voice. All right, so let's let's talk about the problems. Lack of hierarchical organization because you can't do sub notebooks. So my fix to this is creating a new notebook setup. So what I realized is I had a notebook stack just called College Info Geek. I made that in 2010 when I started College Info Geek, and that made sense when I had like blog posts and business, and that was like it. Okay. But College Info Geek is like my entire work life now. So having one notebook stack doesn't really make sense because now there's like 20 different notebooks in there. There's like individual notebooks for courses we've made or started working on, like an individual notebook for my book, just tons of different stuff. So instead, what I'm thinking about doing is like making a stack for content and then just be like videos, podcasts, articles, email list, like those would just exist in the content stack. And there'd be like a business stack for different kinds of things, admin information, website details, things like that. So that way when I'm processing notes or trying to find something, I don't have to go through a zillion different notebooks in one level. That's the problem. Like it eventually just gets to be too much. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of, that makes a lot of sense. So basically the top layer was just completely unnecessary organization at this yeah. point. So I need to fix the top layer. Um, secondly, so one of my biggest problems or like I guess what I really wanted to be able to do is like within my videos notebook which was itself part of the college and booking notebook stack. I wanted to be able to make sub notebooks for individual videos because I often create multiple documents per video. I thought about this and I'm like, wait a minute. If I make a zillion sub notebooks, I'm just going to have a zillion sub notebooks eventually. And once I'm done with a video, I don't need 20 notes or, or however many notes there are for that video. And Evernote has a merge notes function. Really? You can select multiple notes, just hit merge notes with one click of the button, and it will just take everything from all those notes and it will make it into one note and there will be nice header divisions showing you where things were. I didn't know that. That's cool. So what I'm going to do is if I have a particularly big video that requires multiple notes, I will make a notebook for it. Or maybe I'll make a notebook just called current videos or something like that, just so it doesn't get super messy. And then when I'm done with the video, I will merge all my notes into one and put it back into the video's notebook. That, that way everything that I made for research for that note is there, it's easily findable, and uh, it's not gunking up my list with like 20 different notes. There's just one. Yeah, it's you just, just need to one. file it away, which apparently is just a few clicks now. Yeah, so that way I can reference it if I need to, but yeah. you know, I don't need all those documents no, that's cool. to exist separately. That's fine. So I'm gonna do that. Um, and then, I'm going to create a notebook called archive and I want to figure out, I need, I need a better name and maybe you can help me. I want a name that will put at the bottom of the list. The, the stacks. The stacks. There we go. There we go. Yeah. That's what I'm going to call it. Yeah. So I realized there, I had a ton of notebooks that had maybe like five or six notes in them or a ton of notebooks that are like individual notebooks with data that I'm never going to look at again. Like all my class notebooks. I had a notebook for every single class. Yep. That's fine. But like, I don't need an individual notebook for every class. So another thing you can do is you can select all of your notes in a notebook and you can add a tag to them. So what I'm going to do is for every class notebook, I'm just going to select all those notes. I'm going to add that class notebook's name as a tag. And then I'm going to just shove all those notes into the archive notebook. And I remember, I think I talked about this in the the last episode we did. Um, 
the tags, like the hierarchy you build for tags doesn't go over to mobile. But if I'm just creating like an archive, I probably will never need that on mobile. And if I can't, if I do like the search is good. So I'll probably just like create a tag hierarchy just called like classes or old classes within the archive if I really want organization that way. Yeah, but for the most part, this stuff's so old that you should just yeah. be able to get what you want by searching. Exactly. You don't need, to, na- you don't need to navigate to it. You can yeah. just type in a class full addresses. That's just the first note I thought of that I have. Class I don't, full addresses. I, yeah, I got a bunch of IP subnet. What even uh, is a class rules. full address? There's a, there's a whole thing. There are several different levels of subnets based on whether you're like a business or it's <laughs> it's it gets pretty deep that's why i have a note Ooh, let's do a whole episode on subnets i'm sure let's every, not do that everybody <laughs> let, let us know if you want an episode on classful addressing for subnets you don't yeah they don't you want to just forget that i ever said it yeah um so i had a revelation from the email video i did and i, I don't know if you were there when i filmed it but i talked about how when i was using gmail I would label every single email that I didn't delete because I was like, I need to have a well-formed label system so I can Mm. find what I'm looking for. And then I realized search is Google, like Gmail search is built on Google. Yeah. So as long as you know, like one scrap of information from the email you're looking for, you're probably going to be able to find it with search. So now I use labels and search kind of harmoniously. So I still use labels like an email. I will always put a receipt label on receipts Yeah. because if I ever get audited or something like that's kind of how I store my digital receipts, I could email them to Evernote, but it's honestly easier just to tag it with a receipt and just leave it there because it's, it's so infinitesimally likely that I will need it. But if I do, it's, it's still there. Um, but then I could search for anything else. And then I've kind of brought that concept to Evernote because I think my brain was like stuck in this idea of like there needs to be a hierarchy because everything needs to be in a very specific notebook. Like anything having to do with my car, there should be a car notebook. But like how many notes am I going to make for my car? Probably not that many. So as long as I just create a descriptive title, I can put it in a notebook, like a general notebook just called personal or like possessions or something like that. I haven't gotten that far yet because this is a big project. But if I need to find like car registration, I'll just search car registration. And the nice thing about Evernote is you can create save searches. Uh, and there's all kinds of, and I'll have this in the show notes, so I'll, I'll send it to you if I can. Um, there's like different powerful things you can add, like in title, colon, and then you can like make sure like I'm searching for something that's in the title or tag or notebook or any, and you can create like Boolean things like any or or, things like that. So you can save searches. You can like, you can just create paths to think the information you want. That's so cool. that works for me. So I think that kind of solves like the original problem. If I have kind of like a sequestered area for current projects and then I merge them into OneNote when I'm done with them, then my videos notebook won't get too messy. And then um, I'll have like that area there. So it doesn't give me the hierarchy I want, but it's a good workaround, I think. Yeah, that's a really good way to, to clean up. Yeah. Uh, oh, so the next part, and I guess this is like less of a problem, but it's well, a problem I didn't list is that Evernote gets messy. Um, have you heard of getting things done or GTD? Yeah, yeah, I've heard of it. So part of the GTD process is called the inbox where like you just shove things into a kind of centralized inbox where it's very easy to get things in there quickly and then you process them later. So, and I guess, you know, I'll just move into the second problem because actually this does have to do with the second problem. Uh, getting data into Evernote can be cumbersome. The reason for this is you open the app, you got to like open a note, you have to select the notebook you want. 
and that can take a while. Well, the solution to that is to create a notebook called Inbox, and I've renamed mine to exclamation point Inbox, so that is the very top notebook on my notebook stacks, and uh, that's my default notebook. So just like you would with a task management system, you shove things into the inbox and then later you come and process them when you have time, you put them where they're supposed to go, change the title maybe. And as long as you're disciplined about that, you keep an organized system. So that's what I'm doing. And to complement that, I found an app called Fast Ever. Uh, it's an iPhone app. I don't know if there's an Android one. If there is, we will try to add one to the show notes. I don't use Android, so sorry about that. But uh, there probably is an app like this. It's literally an app that just opens immediately to a new note, you set your default um, notebook and you can add pictures, you can add um, like stuff from your camera. I don't think you can do voice notes, but you can add like the main things and then it just immediately sends it to your inbox. Oh, that's cool. And the moment you hit save, it just opens another one. So if I get an idea for a podcast topic, like, oh, I really wanna do a podcast on getting things done. Uh, I'll just put it in fast ever. It just sends it to my inbox. And then later when I got time, I'm like, hey, that note, mm, that note doesn't need to exist. I'm just gonna copy the details from that note over to my podcast topics list note. So the combination of using an app like fast ever to get stuff really quickly into your default notebook and then having a process in place for getting things out of your inbox into the system where they go or deleting them, I think that will keep things organized. And also that um, that solves the problem of data capture being too slow. This week's episode of our show is brought to you by FreshBooks. Now, when I was in college, I did a lot of freelance web design. And it was actually a really good way to make some money on the side. And uh, as time has gone on, a lot more people have found that freelancing and working for themselves is a really viable option, not just for making money on the side when they're a student or in addition to their day job, but for some people for building a career. But the problem with being a freelancer, the problem with running your own business is that you have to do everything, not just the main work involved in being a freelancer. So if you're a web designer or a logo designer, or you're a freelance alligator fighter or something like that, you gotta do those things, right? But you also have to do everything else that goes on in the business. You know this, I know this. I mean, you're, you're technically a freelancer. This is true. Um, yeah, and I'm a business owner, so we have to deal with all the legal stuff, right? I mean, I'm running an LLC. There's all kinds of that kind of stuff. Um, and there's also like accounting and invoicing. Like you have to send me an invoice every single month. And dealing with your books, making sure all your expenses are tracked correctly, making sure you have all the receipts, which is a legal requirement, and actually sending invoices to your clients and making sure you get paid can take a lot of time. But luckily, FreshBooks is out there to automate a lot of that work for you and make the process so much easier. FreshBooks is accounting and invoicing software that according to their data, saves their users an average of 192 hours per year. And they have a lot of great features that uh, allow people to save a lot of time and allow them to make their accounting process much, much easier. For one, you can start sending beautifully designed and automatically created invoices to your clients within seconds. You don't have to make some weird Microsoft Word template and email it to them. You can easily just put in their email address and have FreshBooks send those invoices out to them automatically. And uh, the other thing that you can let your clients do is pay through those invoices with their credit cards. They don't have to send you a check or anything like that, which means that you get paid faster. In fact, several of our freelancers use FreshBooks to uh, have me pay them. 
Do you pay them so faster? I pay them really fast. There it is. I pride myself on paying our freelancers as fast as possible. So as soon as those invoices come in, as long as they're near the end of the month, like we ask them to do, we pay them as soon as we can. Because I've been there. I've been in the freelance position and I've been like, hey, where's the check? Oh, it was lost in the mail, all that kind of stuff. I never want to be on the other side of that equation and not pay really, really quickly. Uh, and I will say when I get a FreshBooks invoice, I'm just like, boop, really easy to pay. So it's really nice. Uh, you can also very easily track your expenses and the FreshBooks app even lets you take photos of your receipts and store them on your transactions so you have those records exactly where they are supposed to be. And you can even track your time within the app. So if you are the kind of freelancer who charges by the hour, you can easily do billable hours within FreshBooks. Altogether, this platform can automate a ton of this work for you and allow you to get back to the actual work that you want to be doing. So. If you go over to freshbooks.com slash CIG, you can get a free 30-day trial of their service. Once again, freshbooks.com slash CIG. And remember that when you sign up, you should put College Info Geek in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Big thanks to FreshBooks for sponsoring this week's episode. And another big thanks goes out to our other sponsor, you guessed it, Brilliant. Brilliant is an amazing platform for learning math, science, and computer science more effectively. And if you've been listening to our show for a while, you know that they approach their course creation process with active learning in mind. They want you to make mistakes. They want you to get your hands dirty. And they know that building things with this approach means that you stay interested for longer, you get deeper into the material, you gain a greater understanding and a better grasp of all the complex concepts that they are talking about in their courses, and you become a better problem solver overall. When you get stuck on one of their problems, you can go over to their wiki, you can dig into the example problems, which are very, very in-depth and show you all the steps, you can dig into all the concept explanations, and then you can come back and get those problems solved. Now, within their library, you're gonna find tons of in-depth courses, including calculus and statistics, probability, gravitational physics, computer memory, but they also have this cool new feature called daily problems. And there are problems you can solve every single day, they take about five, 10 minutes, uh, including things like how to cut a Mobius strip in half, or how to figure out when to boost a spaceship's fuel consumption to get the highest speed boost, given the fact that there's a planet's gravitational field coming uh, in the near future. All kinds of really interesting problems like that. And you might find that these problems are a little bit outside your wheelhouse, which can expand your horizons. And when you expand your horizons, when you learn things from a wide variety of different subjects, you become a more creative person and a more capable person. So if you want to start using Brilliant, if you want to dig into their courses, if you want to try that daily problems feature, then head on over to brilliant.org slash college info geek. And if you were among the first 83 people to sign up with that link, uh, you're going to get 20% off your annual premium subscription. So once again, brilliant.org slash college info geek. Uh, big thanks to Brilliant as well for sponsoring this episode and being a big supporter of our podcast. And speaking of the podcast, let's get back into it. So there's that. Um, what else do I have? Formatting tools. This one is kind of weirdly advanced and I don't know if people will care about it that much. I don't like how Evernote has no heading tools. Yeah. Like if I want to like, I don't know. So when you're writing, it's harder to build a little hierarchy in what you're writing. Than yes, exactly. And I really wish they had an outline view so you could zoom between sections of a long note. But at least like... I want a way to, to visually separate like the research section of my document and all that kind of things. And I can use HRs. I can use, use a horizontal line. I can bold things, but I want to make a like a big title section. And that just doesn't exist in Evernote. So at least on Windows, and there's probably a workaround for this on Mac too. I found uh, someone had made an auto hotkey script. And auto hotkey is this amazing little program that lets you create like little scripts that will just force your computer to do things really, really quickly. 
and uh, they made it so that if you do like control shift one, it will just take your selected text and very, very quickly apply the formatting to make it look like a heading. So I just have that in my computer startup folder. So it will start up immediately when I boot my computer and then I can format my texts in Evernote. I don't know if it will be perfect for like exporting. So I probably won't do like writing that is meant to be blog posts or books in Evernote, but it's at least good for visually separating research sections. And I actually did it for my little Evernote reorganization note here in Evernote. And just, I don't know, it makes it visually easier to look at, easier to find what you're looking for. Yeah. Um, The video embed thing. We're just going to use Notion. That's fair. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, my my main thing with video embed is like, I wish I could just share documents with people on my team with like video tutorials in them. And this may not be super relevant to students listening to this, but one of the big things, actually keep this as like a mental note for your career later in life, especially if you're going to run a company. Um, One of the things that will help you out in your career the most is making documentation for what you do. And then if anyone touches anything you're working on, like that documentation should be shared with those people in the team, right? Like my first job in, in college, just drilled this into my head. I worked at the IT center. Anytime we got a problem, we directed the uh, the, peop- or the person on the phone through the solution that we had written in our wiki. And if we did anything differently, if like something was broken and we had to do a workaround, we had to go update the solution. And if we ever had a problem that was not in the wiki, then the moment we got off the phone with the customer, we have to go and make an article going step-by-step step through the process. There were no exceptions. I literally got a call from somebody asking how to get a raccoon off their porch. Did you have the answer? The answer was not in the wiki. There was an answer for how to get rid of bees. Oh, So somebody had called asking how to get rid of bees at one point. I'm glad they understand the purpose of your department. (laughs) So I was like, this is the IT center, but uh, here's the number for animal control for Ames. And then I had to write an article literally with the number for animal control. Like tell the customer to call animal control. Here's the number that is in their database now. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and maybe that's stupid, but the the general rule is like, if a problem crops up, it's likely to crop up again. If a use case crops up, it's likely to crop up again. So make documentation. Um, Evernote's not great for it because number one, the business team, $15 a month. That's crazy. Don't want to do that. Uh, Two, you can't embed videos. So a piece of software that we've started using recently is called Loom, which is just a Chrome extension that lets you record your browser window or screen at all really, really quickly. And also like, puts a webcam down at the corner and lets you record your voice. So it's super easy for doing like tutorials on how to write a blog post or how to do a different thing in Adobe Premiere for editing. Uh, And then we can just immediately throw those Loom recordings into a Notion document. And the nice thing about Notion is it does let you do those hierarchical pages. So while it's not great for writing, it's not great for getting my thoughts out, it is great for creating a document, like a wiki. Yeah. Which I like a lot. So that is pretty much i think that's pretty much it um i'm gonna still do my serious writing in typora because that allows for html export oh and you can literally do headers so like my weird header hack in evernote is going to if i did an uh, an export for html it's going to say like font size 18 bold text and that's not what i want yeah whereas if you were to do a markdown export it would say literal h1 or h2 tags which is what you want. Uh, fortunately for me, I don't do a whole lot of blogging anymore. 
I mainly just make scripts for videos. Yeah, it's not as much of a concern. Yeah. But I think that this is going to help. Um, and this is kind of like overall just a general, like a part of a general process of reorganizing my life, which yeah. I've been working on. Well, that's important to do. I've been wanting to do kind of the same thing for a while, but mm-hmm. you get so stuck doing what you're supposed to be doing. If, if you had the time to do that kind of a project, like what else would you want to reorganize? Well, I have a lot of, uh, well, first of all, my desktop on the computer, pretty nonsense. I want to organize my apartment though. And kind of how I spend my free time. It feels like you, didn't you guys already organize your apartment? Is it not organized enough? It's never been finished. Oh, okay. What's not finished? Uh, I want to get rid of a bunch of stuff still, but it takes a lot mm. of time to figure out what to do with certain things. It takes a lot Just of time. Just give me a rug. Forever. All right. <laughs> I don't want it. But I don't know. I want to do like, you know, Marie Kondo style, get mm. rid of most of my stuff. And I started it a long time ago, but it's never fun to do that stuff it's not that's why you gotta thank the item and then throw it away it's not like fun so then i do other stuff instead or work or maybe eat those are good things to do sometimes sometimes yeah i totally get it like the desire to reorganize your life doesn't always outweigh everything else you have to do well no it's never an emergency yeah yeah because you can you can make do right yeah but i think that if you get the time if you can use free time on it, like it's worth it to, to get your systems back in order. Yeah, anything that could leave everything I'm trying to do more simple mm-hmm. would be the answer. I would like, like I'm reorganizing my life and figuring out what I want to focus my time on. Yeah, and yet that still takes time away from the things that I would focus on mm-hmm. to figure that out. See, I wish I could simplify, but every time I think about it, like there's always there's always things that come up, and I'm like, no, I need my complex systems to deal with that. Yeah, I don't know, and I guess like a lot of it is. I'm living the kind of life I want to live. And a lot of it requires more complex systems. Like I want to live in a bigger house, which means that I have to take care of the lawn or at least pay someone to do it. And I have to make sure to change the furnace filter every three months. Like you live in an apartment, all that's taken care of for you. Yeah. So like to a certain degree, the way you live your life dictates the amount of simplicity or complexity there is. And I don't know, running a 10 person company while living in a house that I have to deal with all my own, like that's complex. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe somebody in the comments is going to be like, well, just move back into apartment, fire everyone, (laughs) simplify your life that way. But fire everyone. You should fire that Martin guy. (laughs) Didn't we have an idea for like you to just do a podcast on your own and I'm like fired or something? (laughs) Yeah. Like it's a mutiny kind of episode. We could do that. Some people in the audience probably want to hear that. We could do that. I'll just talk about random bug facts. That'd be pretty cool. I got them. Bug facts. Yeah. Oh, you know what I didn't talk about? Um, Paper digitization. So I did that whole video on the rocket book. And I really like how the rocket book lets you mark off different destinations. Yeah. But uh, with the inbox concept, if, if you're diligent about categorizing things, you could just use a an app on your phone, like the Evernote app, or an app like ScanBot, and you could just do it on paper. And again, I mean that it adds a step because you have to categorize things. But I guess for me at least, my life is complex enough that I need the inbox for other things, like random pictures of studio camera setup configurations and uh, what kind of light bulbs our kitchen uses. So I'm not just like, guessing at the Home Depot and what to buy. 
you know, so I'm going to use the inbox anyway. So for me, it's like, why not just, if I'm going to take a handwritten note, digitize it, put it in the inbox. And then when I'm going through and processing, I'll just move it, you know, um, for people who do want to do the automatic sorting though, I, I did recently learn, and I think you knew this, there are Evernote specific moleskin notebooks. Oh yeah. And apparently they come with stickers. Yep. And you can like put the sticker on the page and then Evernote will know where to send your note based on what kind of sticker you put on the page. Yeah, that's some cool so, stuff. It's not an erasable notebook, but it is a moleskin. Yeah. Do you still write in moleskins? Um, my goal notebook thing that I've been tracking in is a Leuchtturm, actually. A what? A Leuchtturm. Leuchtturm. It's a... I have it is because it, cool? it has well it has it's it's like a dot grid notebook but it has page numbers. I wanted page numbers. Oh, okay. Also, it, so you like it because it's a grid notebook. I like dot grids and, and regular grids. Don't have I don't page like numbers? Oh, they don't have page numbers normally. Oh, okay. Gotcha. But also I kind of just wanted a cool notebook and I picked it up because it was going to be for tracking my goals and habits and stuff so I wanted it to feel exciting. Mm-hmm. Is it spiral bound? No. Mm. I feel like Every time I've tried to use a moleskin, I ended up just cracking the spine. That's because you I break wanted... everything you touch. <laughs> Look, How do you even do I that? I want it to lay flat on the table. It doesn't need to lay flat on the table. <laughs> I, especially when I'm like writing on the left-hand section and my hand starts bumping up against the next page. Oh, I actually only use the right side for my goal tracking. The left side is for notes on why I failed on certain days. Mm, so you don't care about using the entire space on the left side? No. I'm not I guess going that to... would help. Do you know how many months it's going to take me? How many years it would take me to actually <laughs> fill that notebook? It is, is only true. for it's only for tracking this. Yeah, if it's just for tracking. I don't know. Back when I used to do a lot more paper note taking, I would just go through notebooks so quickly. Even, you know, big spiral bound notebooks. So I really appreciate spiral binding. That way I can use both sides to mm. their fullest extent. I suppose that's fair. But yeah. Uh so that's my setup. And I don't know, this is kind of like off topic for the episode, but I also reset up my task management system. Yeah. And yeah, and maybe, I don't know. With, maybe we can uh, talk about like this. Like your personal one? Mm, both. So now we've been working on Because we've been working on switching to Todoist. Um, so, I mean, we've made it pretty well known in the podcast that we use Asana. And I used Asana for a long time because my friend Matt Javanisi uses it to manage his teams. And like his setup is honestly pretty cool, but we've gotten to the point where like Asana just had some weird quirks we didn't like, you know? Yeah. I've always found it rather cluttered. Yeah. Cluttered. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not simple. And I like, I like simple when I look at it, my eyes get confused. I don't know what to look at. There are too many things going on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it has some great things like you can, you can make a project into like a Trello style board list if you want. Though you can't switch back and forth between list and board view, which is something that like Airtable yeah. and Notion and ClickUp have. Yeah, see, I usually pick simplicity over power. But yeah. So I'm trying to mold my thought processes over to that way of thinking a little bit. Um, and I think like with Asana, and I looked at ClickUp, and my brain was sort of in the space of like, if you can get more power, then get it, right? Like if you can have as much hierarchy as you want, if you can have like multiple assignees and crazy recurring things, like why wouldn't you want that? But with more power, I think comes more friction because more responsibility and more responsibility. (laughs) My name's not Uncle Ben, (laughs) (laughs) but I don't know. Like when you're adding tasks in Asana, like you got to click who to assign it to and all those kinds of things. So I just asked myself, like, what do I want to be using? I would want to use Todoist if I was on my own. Well, 
there are team features. They're not as like super team centric as other apps out there, but what if they worked? Yeah. So I've been working well, on We're not like running a, like a huge setup. bureaucratic no, we're not. 300 person company. So, and I think like the team that makes Todoist probably uses Todoist to make their app. Now they use Asana. <laughs> that would be really funny if they did. Yeah. <laughs> Doist runs on Asana, but you know, pay for Todoist. Um, so we're using Todoist. Uh, I guess the one one last note that I want to make here for people who are looking for task management apps, if you don't want to pay for your task manager, like I'm willing to pay for software, but I realize that you know I'm kind of well into my career and two dollars and fifty cents a month is not a big expense. Um, I think that the Microsoft To Do app is actually pretty darn good now, and it's free. Is it on everything? Is it it's on, on like, everything? Is it on uh, it's Apple on and stuff? Mac. It's on iOS. It's on Android. It's on the browser. It's on Windows. It's still. Is it still the same team? It's the same team that it's built same, Wonderlist, I think it's right? Same Wonderlist team. So when it came out, I was disappointed because they were they were saying they were going to shut down Wonderlist, and they were saying that To Do was going to replace it, and they were still kind of saying that. They yeah. Get, it's anytime just I see a while. somebody say that they like Wonderlist on the internet because Wonderlist is still around, the Wonderlist Twitter account will reply saying thanks. Have you checked out our new app, Microsoft To Do? So I think they're eventually going to retire it. But when they replaced it, or I guess when Microsoft To Do came out and they said it was a replacement, it didn't have subtasks. Yeah, it was I don't missing think it some had features. Recurring things either. But uh, they've gone and add, added all that. And so subtasks are in there, recurring tasks are in there, reminders are in there, file attachments are in there. And um, for free, they give you the ability to write comments on your tasks oh. and attach files. Todoist makes you pay for those two features. And uh, while Todoist has like the crazy natural language stuff and all the integrations, and I love that. And personally, that's why I'm using it. I think for like somebody who just wants a basic task manager and they don't care about like the whole natural language thing, like that Microsoft to do might be the answer now. I don't know, man. Maybe. I mean, Wonderlist was my favorite for a long time. Yeah. Wonderlist so was pretty if great. they make it like Wonderlist... Mm-hmm. then it would work. I also like that it has the whole my day feature where it's like, it's a list. It's a default list that it doesn't bring tasks in based on due date. It's just, you manually say like, add this to my day. And I like that. Cause it's kind of the whole like daily note. Thing. Yeah. Just like, oh, I think I want to work on that today. And you know, maybe it's not even marked as due today, but I just, I've got time. Let's do it. Yeah. Cause otherwise you may not actually think about a task until it's due, mm-hmm. which is a problem for most tasks. Yeah. Like, write an article. What if I can't write that in a day? What if I have to research? I don't see it until the due yeah. date comes up and then I'm, that doesn't help. Yeah. I think the problem with due dates is like a lot of times due dates are set arbitrarily. Like for homework assignments, they're due when they're due. But a lot of things it's just like, I need to get that done soon. Maybe I'll do it today. And then you set the due date to today. And then your today list is just like huge. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, my today list only has four things in it today because I uh, am being a little more deliberate about what I can get done in a day, trying to be more realistic about it. I've been time blocking again for the same reason. That's pretty good. Though I can see one thing on this today list that will not get done today because I realized uh, I rescheduled a meeting and this task is very dependent on that meeting. So I need oh, to, maybe you I should need to fix feel it. bad about failing this task, Tom. <laughs> I'm going to go feel bad about it. No, I'm going to reschedule it. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to put that out there. We're using Todoist now. I still think it's the best personal task management app out there in terms of features if you want to pay. And the subscription is not too much, but for free stuff, like Todo might be the answer. I don't know. Anywho, I think that's about all we got for this episode. A little bit of a shorter one, but 
There's a lot of detail in there. And I mean, like, how much can you talk about Evernote setup? I don't know. I can only talk about it for about half an hour. That's fair. That's all I got. Unless you like, I can start reading off notes from my Evernote. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do my rap lyrics. Let me pull out the classful addressing note. <laughs> yeah, I got some, uh, I don't know, episode 174, Essential Skills is in there. Some Reddit threads are in there. But I think it's just time to uh, to end the episode before it outstays its welcome. So this is episode 252. So if you want to find the show notes for it, which I think the show notes may be a little more useful for this episode than they were for the last one, they'll have links to Evernote itself, student discount, uh, fast ever. And then we'll try to find an Android equivalent. If I mean, maybe fast ever is on Android. I'm not sure. I just didn't think to do the research on that in time. Um, we'll have some links to that auto hockey script, all kinds of cool stuff. So if you want to check that out, go over to cigpodcast.com slash 252. And if you want to find our favorite resources, apps, books, we recommend our college packing guide for getting all the things you need for your dorm or apartment, then go over to collegeinfogeek.com slash resources. Uh, thank you guys so much for hanging out. Really appreciate you listening. If you like this show, share it with a friend, maybe tell them about your favorite episode. Um, and you can also give us a review and rating in the Apple Podcasts or iTunes software. I think it's iTunes on desktop, Apple Podcasts on an iPhone, but it all goes to the same place. And I believe that reviews help bump us up the rankings, helps new people find the podcast, and it also tells us what we are doing right and what we can improve on. So big thanks to you if you decide to give us a rating and review. Uh, thanks as always for listening again, and we will see you in next week's episode. Stay cute.